Good evening and welcome to Point of View. I'm Chris Berg. Thank you so much for joining us. We start tonight with breaking news and a Point of View exclusive. You may remember back on March 25th, Minnesota Governor Tim Walz announced that if Minnesotans did nothing, did nothing with this COVID-19 situation, according to the Minnesota models that they were creating that were coming out of the University of Minnesota and the Minnesota Department of Health, Minnesota could lose 74,000, 74,000 Minnesotans due to this COVID situation. As of today, these are the actual numbers. We can bring this up, please. The total deaths in Minnesota as of today, 301. Clearly, that is 301 too many. And good news when you compare it to 74,000. I think what many people in Minnesota are asking is, hey, how did this model come up with 74,000? Where did the number 74,000 come from? We still don't know how they got to that phone number. But I found out today how much you, the taxpayers of Minnesota, have paid or are going to pay for this model, which many of you are saying, hey, Chris, I'm not sure how accurate this model actually is. But let's bring this graphic up and show our audience. You can see here on the front page of this contract for this COVID-19 modeling program. Important to note, it is a two-month contract started on May 1st, goes until June 30th, and you, the people of Minnesota, are paying one point five five yes you're hearing that right 1.55 million dollars for a two-month contract for this model if you're like me you're wondering how do i get that gig <laughs> uh the full contract is going to be up on our facebook page we are now doing our show on facebook live so producer anna will put that link up there for if you want to dive in and see the entire contract it's about 14 pages or so. So it, as we get more information on the story, obviously we will let you know. We've got some more questions. We're asking the state of Minnesota. So as soon as we get that, we will share it with you. But what I want to know from you tonight is how do you feel the people of Minnesota that you're spending $1.5 million on a two-month contract for this model? Please share your point of view with us. All right, over the weekend, the CEO of Tyson Foods put out a full-page ad in the New York Times and the Washington Post saying that the food supply chain is breaking. Many meatpacking plants have been shut down due to the coronavirus situation, and thus he says, hey, we're going to see many farmers and ranchers right now. They're going to have to euthanize their animals. It is a very, very tough situation. Now, last week I spoke with Senator John Hoven, the chairman of the Senate Ag Appropriations Committee. He's going to join us in a moment. We talked last week about the food supply, its vulnerabilities, but also one week ago today, I asked him this. Any ideas if President Trump, because of what's going on, obviously, with our ranchers, any ideas or, or thoughts on him using the Defense Production Act with Smithfield? You know, we'll have to see what happens. We've got to maintain that network, but you and I have talked about this before. You know, we have a lot of concentration in that industry, and right now USDA is doing an investigation of it, and I think there needs to be some changes made in terms of pricing and transparency, and I'm very concerned about the ownership and the concentration in the processing industry. So were Senator Hovind and I prophetic last week because today President Trump signed or is signing or signed an executive order using the Defense Production Act to keep meatpacking plants open and potentially give them indemnity from possible lawsuits from workers. Joining us now on the 702 Communications line is Senator John Hovind. Senator, thanks so much for your time this evening. Um, your reaction to President Trump using the Defense Production Act to keep these meatpacking plants open? Well, Chris, I don't know if he's actually signed the executive order yet, but the word that we were, we've been getting is that he's 
looking at doing that, signing the Defense Production Act to make sure that these uh, processors stay open, uh, not only for our consumers to make sure that they have that meat supply, uh, but also for, as you say, the producers, those ranchers out there that are raising all that livestock, uh, you know, they've got to be able to take those animals uh, to market. Uh, otherwise, it, it's a real problem for them, obviously, as far as what do they do, you know, with all those cattle, hogs, uh, poultry, and so forth. So, you know, clearly it's something we're working on, and uh, we've got to find ways to help those plants stay open, uh, meaning getting them the protective gear and the testing, all that kind of stuff, and that's exactly what we're trying to do. With that being said, I'm going to get to, obviously, the, the, the ranchers here in a moment, sir. I just want to share with you what some of the reaction has been from the workers in these meat processing plants. Uh, according to some data, there's been roughly 20 meatpacking workers that have uh, died with COVID-19. 6,500 have been affected. And Stuart Applebaum, he's the president of the Retail Wholesale Department Store Union, said, hey, we only wish that this administration cared as much about the lives of working people as it does about meat, pork, and poultry products. I guess my question for you is, what do you intend to do to ensure the safety and the livelihood and well-being of these workers in these plants? Right, Artie, you know, we've been working on that over the past week, as, as you referenced uh, in your earlier clip, and that means making sure that they have the protective gear, that they're spaced out within the plants. In a lot of cases, you know, they use those kind of partitions to uh, separate them, that they have, you know, the testing to make sure that if somebody is sick, they're not coming in to the plant. Um, and even beyond that, in terms of, you know, making sure that there's social distancing going on when, when those workers are not at work, changing the shift schedules, a whole variety of things that we've been working with Sunny Purdue Secretary of Agriculture, as well as, you know, the, the HHS, CDC, and the, and the uh, White House uh, Task Force to make sure that they've, they've got, um, you know, those types of measures in place to protect the workers as well. Senator, you know this better than I do, so I'm just going to kind of lay this out and, and get your reaction to it. But, I mean, you know, you've got these ranchers now that are, you mentioned just a moment ago may have to euthanize some of their animals and whatnot. Um, there was a Texas rancher that put out a video talking about, hey, look, we're having these challenges right now to get our food out there and have people meet, eat American beef. And yet we've got, he says, Namibia or Nambia, it's a country from Africa, their beef just hit U.S. soil. My question for you is there a way to do kind of a sugar policy program for our beef producers and make sure that we're using up American beef first and then let other countries dump beef into our borders? Yeah, and that's exactly the kind of thing that we're pushing on USDA to do. You know, first, make sure that, you know, there isn't beef coming in from anywhere that, that isn't safe. And we obviously have to be particularly concerned about that uh, now, uh, whether it's from South America or, as you said, in this case, Africa or anywhere else. Um, but at the same time, making sure that we have, you know, we have such concentration in this industry, we've got to address that. We need uh, more com competition. We need more transparency uh, in terms of understanding pricing and, and market sales and all that kind of thing. And then just fairness. And I think that's what you're getting at, fairness in these export markets. We want to export. Uh, so, you know, we want trade, but we want to make sure our producers here are getting treated fairly and that's a big concern right now so you mentioned that you're sort of suggesting this quasi sugar program about beef to the usda what kind of pushback you and why aren't they saying sounds great let's get as many americans as we can to eat american beef well we've worked on a number of things whether it's uh, country of origin labeling any number of things but you know we want trade we want open markets but it needs to be fair 
And so that's the concern right now is are our producers being treated fairly when you have such concentration in the market? And are they being treated fairly when it comes to exports and imports, particularly at a time then we're, that we're battling coronavirus and the fact that we have a strong dollar that makes it tougher for our guys, too? And, Senator, excuse my ignorance here, but I mean, wouldn't something like a sugar policy be pretty easy to transfer into beef, or what am I missing? Well, I think I think we have to make sure that that you know anyone exporting into our market is not taking advantage. Remember, we we produce a lot of ag products, crops, and livestock, and we want trade. We want to be able to export. So I'm not, I, you know, we can't just shut our market off. But we obviously have to make sure uh, that we're making changes so that our producers are being treated fairly and that they're not facing unfair competition. Yeah. Uh, whether it's somebody put exporting beef in here or anything else. Yeah, and I, I don't want to cut off exports. I'm just saying, hey, like we do in the sugar policy, let's make sure we're using up as much as we can here in our borders, and then we'll let Mexico dump sugar. And, I, and, and so the other thing, we don't have time tonight, but at some point I want to address the fact that you've got JBS and Smithfield Foods, JBS owned by Brazil, Smithfield right. China. I mean, we've got, obviously, in my opinion, break those up and have more American processors in our country. Just a quick word on that, sir. Yeah, that's it. We've got to find ways to get, you know, uh, better, uh, fair treatment for our producers, whether it's transparency, whether it's more competition in pricing, whether it's how products sold. Absolutely. We've, we've got to find ways to make changes that help our producers. Senator John Hoven, chairman of the Senate Ag Appropriations Committee. I don't know if you could have a more important position right now during these tough times. So, Senator, thanks for all you do for our great state and for our country. We appreciate it.